It's the Occult Pod. Welcome to Occult Pod. We talk about conspiracies and other different things about the simulation. Welcome to Occult Pod. Welcome to Occult Pod. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to this episode. And today we've got Julian on. And welcome to the pod, Julian. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Thanks, welcome, guys. Man. And and for the audience tuning and listening, hopefully you've actually stuck to your New Year resolutions instead of quitting. But with Julian initially, we're going to talk about a range of topics. But me personally, I like to ask him because he's been. You know, last year he's had a pretty insane year traveling the world and visiting many different countries as a digital nomad. So I just wanted to ask you, what is life like as a digital nomad and what are the positives and negatives you've had from your experiences of living that free lifestyle? Um, I'd say like life is like when you actually do the experience, it's really cool, especially if you do it the way that I do it where like I never travel or I always travel with friends, right? I always travel with guys from my community. So it's really cool to do that, especially when you're in like a place that allows you to do cool shit, right? So for example, right, right now I'm in Malta, I'm on like an island where there's only old people, there's nothing to do, right? So there's no cool shit to do here and that's the purpose because I just want to work. But most time spent last year was in Mauritius where it's a tropical island. You know, you can just do so much cool shit there. You can like hike and see waterfalls and that kind of stuff um so it's definitely it's worth the experience but i've definitely noticed a lot of like um negatives as well and like it's it sounds a bit privileged right because like obviously like i'm privileged to be in that position to be able to like travel and like live a cool life and you know like go on all these adventures um but i think like you have to be like before you start into this life you have to be very intentional like why you do it and like for me, I I just want to do it because I wanted the experience. And I think like to anyone listening, if you want to do it for the experience, you definitely should. But at the same time, you realize it's not as as good as it seems. Like you know, it's not as glorified because there's gonna be cutoffs, right? Like when you travel, like you you can't like especially like when you run a business, you can't work the entire day that you're traveling, right? You're like you first have to get accustomed to like where everything is at, right? Like you have to find like good places where you work at the gym, whatever you have to like get settled into your new location, that kind of stuff. You have to like try and find like a, a social life, you know, like make new friends. And like, that's part of the fun as well. But like in terms of like business growth, like you will have a lot of setbacks because it just takes some time to like, you know, travel to new countries, get set up there, everything. Um, and then especially if it's like what most people want to do, right? Like most people when they say like, digital nomadism it's like you know the the guy in bali who sits at the beach drinks from a coconut and works on his laptop right but that is like downside as well downsides as well when it's like very hot it's it's a bit suboptimal to work like you know you have to be inside rooms where there's like ac and that kind of stuff and like you're sweating a lot of the time and then also like if you're in a cool place you just want to explore you just want to go do shit right so there is definitely ups and downs and i'd say like I I was fortunate enough to like kind of like be able to handle both where you know I had like a shit ton of fun like I met so many friends I went on so many adventures but at the same time like I also just wanted to like focus on work 
and that took a huge like backseat there because I just did all of these other things. And so I think you just have to be aware of that, like what is actually the intention of it. And like right now, kind of like the way where my mind is at, it's like I still will travel a bit this year, but my focus is more on finding like one spot where I can settle down for like long term and just really focus on building and you know really focus on like business and health because as I just said, like that's the things that you know they kind of suffer when you when you do that. And I think like everyone eventually realizes like like I've like our friends you know who travel and their business gets worse and I know people who are traveling and they literally they grow the business they make more deals more money whatever so like it's possible in both ways but I just feel like most guys they come to this realization eventually like after they've lived it that if you really like you want to think long term you want to build like a great vision with your business you have to like settle down you have to have a routine you have to you know, have everything in place in order for you to succeed. And that's kind of like where my mind is at right now. I want to find that place where I want to like settle down and just hone in and just build something great and really focus on entrepreneurship above traveling because traveling's cool. But like, if you, if you think long-term and you really, you know, you're in it for, because you love the game, I feel like you, you have to like put that on like a backseat and, you know, like focus more on the bigger vision that you're building and you know you can still combine both of that right like you can work for like most of the year and then in the summer like travel a bit more whatever that's just like kind of like where where my mind is at at the moment <clears throat> yeah so no it's, it's it's very interesting that you'd be so honest and so transparent about the fact that it's actually quite difficult to live a, a nomad lifestyle and still balance the ability to run a business on the side would you say that it's more beneficial to you if it's part of your branding that you would be involved in some sort of traveling. So like for the FSC, for example, which is obviously the business that you run with Sean, who we previously had on the podcast, it is in tandem with the, the branding that you would travel because yeah. you need to show all these cool places. You need to demonstrate to people that you live in this exotic lifestyle. How much do you factor that in when you're considering the fact that maybe I might need to find a base for this operation is that something that you're worried about do you think it would impact the business if you began to just stay in one position in one place or do you think that it would actually be an evolution for the business in the in terms of the fact that then you'd be able to have a home base or like a headquarters essentially and you'd be able to every now and then go traveling with the boys and things like that yeah i think it's all about balance like as you said, like, obviously, like, that's something that's, like, a good point you brought up there, like, for the business I'm running, like, I kind of have to show that lifestyle, just because that's, like, what sells, what people kind of expect, where we get most of our content from, stuff like that. Um, I think it's, it's probably about finding balance, because, like, I have a friend who does something very similar to what I've been doing, and I think he, he said, like, in the last year, he's only ever been, like, in one spot for, like, two weeks at a time. He was always traveling. And he was burned out by the end and like now he settled down now he has a space now he's just focusing on running the operation and so that's that's definitely a big factor it's that's impacting you and so i think it's probably the way that i see it is i'm gonna have like one base and then i'm just gonna like organize certain trips that are specific to fsc and then you know like that's where i get to do the traveling and where it's more like the marketing side then, right? Because then obviously like you have like a bunch of the boys, 
you have the content, whatever, you can get exactly what you need from that. And then after the event, after the week or two weeks, whatever, then you can like be back home and just, you know, use all of that and like push forward. Um, I think it's about finding the right balance, but I think like just like this lifestyle with like always traveling, always on flights, always, you know, like going to new countries, I think like that can, like that messes with your your mind over the long term. I mean, like I haven't been doing as much traveling as other people. And also said like if one friend, he's only stayed in one place for two weeks last year, he's been to like 50 countries, you know? And like he's he's burned out, like he he was in such a shit position. So it's it's definitely like hard to like balance that. But like I see everyone ultimately, you know, <clears throat> finding the base and um, you know, not prioritizing travel as much and rather focusing on you know like health and entrepreneurship and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that is the most important thing. I mean, <clears throat> going forward, say twenty years time not to get all conspiratorial. I mean, we are the occult pod after all, but <laughs> in the future, we're probably are going to need these communities, these bases that are off, off grid essentially. And that would involve being in one place. You wouldn't want to move the operation around in different places. So for say the FSC, for example, obviously you want to have like a base somewhere elsewhere that's a bit off grid. I think we already spoke with Sean about this, to be fair, where we discussed like how you had plans potentially to find somewhere that was distant and far away. And it would just become a base for people who want to, you know, seek sanctuary there or whatever. D depending yeah. on how the, the state of the world actually goes, if it, if it doesn't turn out how we expect it at this point, then it might not be an issue. But I think that is essential to human nature, is that we need a base, we need a home. I think we're somewhat ingrained in our psyche to need somewhere to nest. It's the same for the... Yeah entire animal kingdom i mean birds have a nest granted they move from place to place but that's to, depending on the seasons and how their biology is working at the time but most animals do just have one base location that they're staying and i think if you're moving away all the time and you're going to different countries like you said your friends moving to 50 different countries throughout the year that's really going to put you off kilter because obviously you've got the whole jet lag you've got the whole culture shift that you're probably not used to so as much as, yeah, you go into these different countries and you're seeing, oh, it's, it's nice weather here. At the same time, you're not really going to have time to ingrain yourself into the culture and actually understand and fully digest what's actually happening around you, if that makes sense. So yeah. like you say, I, I do think it is probably beneficial to just stay in one position. And, li and like you say, for the, the health side of things, it's it's not beneficial for your psyche, which then in turn affects your physical health as well. As we know, like the mind body are linked. They're very yeah. succinct with each other and work in tandem. Um, what would you say is the most important lesson that you've learned in the past year from traveling and doing digital nomading is if there is anything. Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I'd say you just have to be like disciplined with it. Like, as I said, like, you know, like when you're in a cool place, you just want to have fun all the time. Like you will, you just want to be exploring, adventuring. And 
I love that, right? Like, I, I think, like, for all of us as young men, we just have that adventure spirit, like, if we're high testosterone, right? We don't, like, you guys can probably relate, right? You don't want to sit in front of a computer play video games anymore, right? Like, we're too old for that. We just want to do, like, real shit, right? We just want to be in the real world. Um, and so that's that's something you just, like, want to chase, like, that's the natural high. Um, but then if that becomes that all you do, then also, like I said, like, the business side suffers, like, and that's something you still have to put work into, right? Like, that still, like, takes time out of the day and so i think just being disciplined with it to you know sit down and actually do the work and like what i've noticed like a lot of the times like you can get your work done in a couple hours if you actually like do the work and you focus on it and you prioritize like what's important and like what needs to get done and then obviously like further down the line like you can set up automations whatever you can hire people uh, to do stuff like that um but i think just you know like realize like if you only prioritize like fun and adventure like it's 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 also going to be detrimental like to your to your health like i realized when after like a week where we only did stuff like that i was burned out like i like i had adrenal fatigue because i had so much adrenaline and dopamine all the time i just felt fucking like down like i just wanted to sleep all day long um and so i think it's just like having that balance there right where you're like okay this time of the day is dedicated towards working. This time of the day is where I get my important tasks done. And then, you know, later on, that's when I can do like more of the other stuff, explore the culture, whatever, be in the sun, sun my balls, whatever, you know. Yeah, you can't forget that, man. Obviously, that <laughs> testosterone you want to reach. I've, I've only exactly. done it once. I've only done it once. But, you know, based on where I'm at currently, the weather, I don't think I can do it now, otherwise they'll be frozen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it is it is important because obviously, you know, when you you go to different countries and it looks amazing, you have to you have to treat it as if as it's as if it's some sort of reward. You know, get the work done first and then explore afterwards. Because I think people can get too distracted in that it's almost like you're going on holiday, but it's not really a holiday. You're there to work, and then after that, you enjoy your, the lifestyle that it has. So mm -hmm. I think that was a good summary of that question. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's like um, what I realized, like if you look at social media, I feel like there's like certain like archetypes for like travelers, you know, like there's like the backpackers, and then there's people, you know, like who might work in hostels, whatever, like when they're in foreign countries to earn like a bit of money and then also like there's the digital nomads. And I think you just have to be attentional about like what it is you choose because like if you are first and foremost an entrepreneur or business person, right, then that should be the priority. Like then the priority should be growing the business, right? And I feel like like even for like myself, like last year, I was more of like one of these like travel whole influencers almost in a way like where i just wanted to do like cool shit and like show it off to the world um and you know like that's okay if that's what you want to be but like if you just do it for the lifestyle then you're not going to be able to actually build something great and like like these last couple of weeks like now that i'm settled down like here in malta and i'm going to stay here for a bit i just i just realized you know honestly like what i really want to do is just build what i really want to do is just you know like be an entrepreneur and that means like building a business that means building a product right and that's like opposite to what a lot of people are doing who say like they just live for the experiences and because they want to like be like that like travel guy online who like posts like travel like, 
content every um, every single day. And I think it's just you know finding out okay like what's what's your intention behind it? like is your number one priority because you want to like build a business or because you want to travel and you want to have all these experiences and like I said like for myself when I first started doing this I was like hey, I just want to be like this travel guy right like and uh, look at me I made it but then I realized you know like I'm not gonna make it if that's all I'm gonna focus on and like there are so many people that live that way online but you know they're not really entrepreneurs like they're backpackers as I said like they're the guys who earn a bit of money for like brand deals on social media and they just really have like a lifestyle business you know like where they just make enough to support their lifestyle to be able to keep going but they they don't really try to build like big visions like into the future you know they don't really try to learn skills learn the game of business to then build like something sustainable long term right and so i think it's just gotta be like honest with yourself like where you are and like what you do and if you realize okay actually what i want to be is an entrepreneur then that's what you have to prioritize right then you have to say okay that's that's gotta be my priority instead of like traveling and like do only doing it for the lifestyle, you know. I think you've got to get it out of your system to a degree, though, don't you? It's like yeah, all the all these older people that you're knocking around with, they'll always be like, "Oh, look, if you're not going traveling yet, you you need to go. You need to go while you're young. You need to have the experience of going traveling. Don't miss out. It's the best experience of your life." So I, I do think there is some wisdom to that. I do think you need to get it out of your system because unless you've got something out of your system. There's always going to be that curiosity there, and with yeah. that curiosity, you're not going to be able to focus on what you're doing at the minute because your mind's going to be elsewhere thinking like, "Oh, I could be off in Barbados right now, could be off in the Caribbean, yeah. sunning it up." But I'm here, so I think to a degree, you do need to get it off your chest. You do need to have definitely, some sort of definitely. experience with like traveling the world before you can come to the realization, like you've said, that maybe it's not the most beneficial thing for you. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. as, as much as people would tell you, like, for example, you saying, oh, it's best to have a, a home base and just stay at home. You can only fully digest and internalize that lesson if you've experienced it yourself and come to that conclusion. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, this is the whole thing with like, sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent, but with the whole self-help side of things and YouTube and self-improvement, I think you can give as much wisdom as you possibly can but the real teacher in the situation is experience after all. And if you've not experienced the things that you're watching or you're digesting, then like you were saying before we started the podcast, it's just dopamine, essentially. You just, it's yeah. self-masturbation. You're not actually learning anything from what you're watching. You're just ingesting something that's giving you a boost because you're thinking, oh, I'm learning from this. But you don't actually internalize it properly. It's only once you've been through the fire and you've actually seeing it for yourself that you can fully come to that conclusion and then go from there exactly yeah no one hundred percent agree to potentially move on from this conversation i would love to speak about because obviously we're the occult pod meaning gone so we have sort of skewed views about what god is how god operates how the universe works like in the past we've talked about gematria and who is actually controlling this reality like we have Sylvie on the podcast who talks about like the demiurge and things like that so it's it's not exactly a friendly force that controls this reality and we're in some sort of sim simulacrum simulacrum okay is how you say it so it's like it, it's not a simulation it's almost a hyper-realized reality that's the best way i can describe it if that makes sense at all 
what drew you closer to God? Because I know you are Christian at the minute. Was there anything yeah. in particular, any thing that occurred, any situation that you went through to come to the conclusion that, oh, God is real? Or was it sort of a slow transition of, of different events that led you to that conclusion? Um, like, honestly, looking back, I think it played out over like a couple of years from, you know, me believing in God first and then ultimately believing in Jesus as well, which I think is a difference. Like, that's what makes you Christian, right? And so I said, like, the first time that I really, like, had faith in God, which is so ironic, like, it's, I feel like that just kind of describes perfectly why you can't do a life about God, is when I was 14, I was like a hyper atheist. I I hated people who believed in God. I thought they were all weak. You know, they needed to make something up in their mind to, uh, um, you know, to make life make sense, whatever. I was like, this is the biggest bullshit ever. Like people who are religious, they're so stupid. And the interesting thing is, I was, like, there was like, when I was 14, it was the first time I was in love. And I got my heart broken, man. I got my heart broken badly. And I'm telling you, the next day, bro, I was on my knees saying, please make this go away. Like, this is so bad. Like, I'm so heartbroken. Please just, you know, God, like, help me out there. Like, it, it switched in an instant. And, like, I always, like, look back laughing at that story because I feel like, I feel like that's kind of, like, the reality of it. Like, you try to do things yourself, whatever. And then God is showing you, like, you can't do it yourself. You know, like, you need him. And so that's when I first, like, started believing in something, right? And then over like the next couple of years like i was always a bit like going around like i was spiritual whatever believing in the universe and i'd say like i only really started believing in like jesus and like you know like the christian theology towards the summer of 2022 because there was a time there was a lot of confusion in my life like you know i was about to go to university and i didn't really want to like i felt like i was just being pressured into it and that's like how ultimately you know like my decision came to like you know like move out to a tropical island with some guys from the internet and you know like do like this digital nomad lifestyle to like kind of escape like the like nine to five like normal kind of path um and like i was so confused on like what to do and like how to like go forward in life with that and so during that time like i really started seeking god and like i was influenced by a lot of people around me who were like were already christian or like who were kind of preaching it and so i got kind of curious about that and i was like you know looking like for science and you know like i was like before that i was just believing in the universe and then i started calling it god again and then like one like someone asked me a question that really like stuck with me he said like you know like if you're praying how do you know like who answers you know like how do you know like you're praying to the ultimate good you know like how do you know like, it's not the devil or like some demonic force whatever right and that struck fear in me i was like how do I know, like, I'm praying to the right God? How do I know I'm praying to, like, what is ultimately good? And that led me down to started reading the Bible, right? And so I started reading the Gospels and it just started making sense to me. I was like, okay, I think Jesus is God. I think this is the, the right way. And I started, you know, addressing him in my prayers. And that just gave me a lot more, more peace. Like, I don't know why it was that sentence specifically, but, like, something struck such fear in me when I heard, you know, like, how do you know, like, God is actually like the real God is answering, not something else. And I was like, shit, you know, that's that's scary. Like, I don't want to pray to, I don't know, the devil or something like that, right? So I think that's really what pushed me to to seek out the truth. And like for me, like I found that in the Bible, I found that in this, uh, the resurrection story of Jesus Christ. And that's how I came to 
to follow them and to like now be a Christian. <clears throat> Do you feel like following the Christian God? That's a very interesting story, by the way. I think a lot of people go through that same journey, don't they, where it's sort of the atheists because they think they're more intelligent than everyone else and they think, oh, yeah. God doesn't exist because of ABC and it's usually quite conventional <clears throat> from like a science point of view and it's very logical and then you go into the spirituality side of things i feel like at the new age sort of spirituality is quite prominent at the minute it's yeah. it's been pushed quite fervently down people's throats that oh you need to meditate you need to get in touch with your spirit angels and stuff like that and it it, it does kind of seem demonic like not to become too christian point of view or anything like that it's it does seem demonic it does seem like what are these entities that you're letting in that don't seem to be good that don't seem to have your best interests at heart and then obviously like you transition over to the christian side of things where you you believe in a more structured god someone who is almost like a a father figure who's like quite tough on you which is to test you i guess in the same aspect do you think that having that God there, for example, has made you more disciplined and made you care more about life and how you go about life and how you present yourself from day to day? Definitely, yeah. Um, like actually, like what you just said, you know, like having a father figure and like having someone kind of like holds you accountable. Like it's it's something like last year, like it was one of the best years of my life, and also like. I also had like one of the lowest lows in my life, right? And that's how I really like strengthened my faith like this last year. And I reflect a lot on it. Like, why is it that we still go through suffering, right? Why is it that we still go through pain when, you know, like if God is cool, whatever. And something that's like a, a realization I made is, you know, like if you look at the Christian story, right? Then what you believe in is that the ultimate punishment for like your sins and like what you did wrong Jesus took that on the cross, right? So like God is not punishing you anymore. He punished him for that in the like most brutal way ever, right? Like so that you can be free from that. And so then everything that happens to you that you might seem as like negative and like, you know, like it's it's not going your way. It's not because you're being punished, but it's because you're being tested. It's because God is molding you into the person that he wants you to become, right? And so I think Alex and Moses spoke about a similar concept in one of his podcasts. He said, like, if you had to create a human being, like, like what would you do to make them a certain way, right? Like, if you want to make them strong, if you want to make them patient, if you want to make them kind, right? You you would test them, right? Like, if, if you want to make someone patient, you don't give them what they want immediately, right? Like, you have to wait for it, so there's a lot of patience. If you want to make someone strong, you have to put them through difficulty, right? And so that's kind of, like, the way I feel about God right now is, like, the only like when whenever things aren't going your way, it's because you're being tested and because you're like being like there's this this analogy of like you know like a blade has to go through the fire and like you have to hammer it and you know like then like put it in the fire again and like make it like really strong. I feel like that's kind of like the way it is with with you as well. Like you know, God is just making you like the best possible weapon. Like he's making you strong, and so I think that has given me a lot of. Um, I know, like, a lot of hope just, like, you know, like, whenever I'm going through something, it's, like, not because I'm being punished, but because I'm being molded into this, like, person that I should be and, like, that my future self can be better because of that. And I also, like, now that I have, like, this more, like, structure, whatever, I believe that 
I wouldn't be put through anything that I couldn't handle. So that's that's something that also gives me a lot of hope where it's like, you know, I would never face a challenge that I couldn't handle. So like if I'm in this position, then God said, okay, you're strong enough to go through this and I'm with you. And so that's kind of like how how I feel about this. And you know, like as as you said, like the 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 analogy of the father is, is a very good analogy because like if you think about your own father, like your physical one, right? Dads are usually tougher on the children, right? Like they expect more from you, especially when you're their son, right? Because they want to see you win, like they genuinely want to you to become a better man than them, right? So that's why they're hard on you, that's why they're tough on you, that's why they test you, right? I think it's the same way with like your the heavenly father with God, that he tests you to make you strong, to make you a better man, to ultimately, you know, be there for your family and fulfill your purpose in this world. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And because like when I first uh, listened to you and introduced, got introduced to you by Kevin's previous podcast, I know you was into philosophy at the time. And obviously yeah. through that you had to undergo a transformation as with Kevin and Zell as well. So it is pretty unique and interesting that you've gone through that stage. And it's happened with many people that me and Ron both know that have transitioned from the new age into Christianity, like let's just say as is the new age is pretty deceptive. I've not gone through that myself, but I know that from what I hear, it's not as pleasant as it seems. So you found mm-hmm. your truth and ultimately that's the main thing, you know, make the truth your own. So exactly, yeah. I'm just curious like what, what do you guys believe in? Like do you believe in God? Do you like what's what's kind of like your spiritual theological viewpoint of the world? Yeah, so, yeah, I do believe in God, you know, I do believe in that sense. I believe in more towards, like, our, because I'm Congolese, so I believe more in our Congolese version of God. So, I am, so I'd say religious, I've never really fell into, like, the Christian belief. I mean, I was, I have been exposed to it before, but in terms of context with Congo, it was a religion that was imposed on our people. So like my family, traditionally, we practiced the traditional religion, but the Christianity was put into us, but my parents only realized that for us, it wasn't the wrong, it was, it wasn't the wrong thing. It was the wrong thing at the time. So we found our truth with Congolese spirituality in that religion. So in a sense, what what you said is similar things to what we've gone through but just in a different religion in a sense so yeah god is yeah. real and i still believe in that because ultimately you can't you can't believe that there is it, there's no such thing as one for me that doesn't make sense so yeah yeah that's that's a short summary of my story and my belief that's very interesting um for myself I think it's a matter of discernment and trying to, I'm kind of going through a transitionary period where I'm trying to work out what I actually believe in. I think because I've been through so much and so many different situations and like on this podcast, we talk about different theories. So so I'd say in the same vein as Ngombe, I do believe in a God. I do believe that there's a God there. It's more for me, the idea of organized religion in a sense I don't know if that's because of how the church has manifested over the past hundred or few hundred so years that I don't really trust that way 
of Christianity. Do you know what I mean? There's so many different sects. There's so many different sorts of beliefs. And everyone's so fervent in how they believe in God. I think for me personally, it's more about the personal relationship you have with God. Exactly. And it's not necessarily that the church is bad, but at the same time, it is kind of an organised place for people. For example, you see priests, they often have multiple houses because they're funding a lot of money to themselves and saying it's it's, it's not as bad as it was today as it was in the past few hundred years, but it, it still is an issue. My grandparents, for example, were deeply religious. They were deeply Christian. My granddad actually got kicked out of multiple churches throughout his life, which led to my my dad moving around quite a lot. So he was very deep, deeply religious in what he believed in. So as, mu- as much as I have love and respect for, for my granddad at the same time, is it that? Right. Is that the right way to go about it? Or is that just the ego talking in what yeah. you believe? Do you need to really go about arguing with different people about their beliefs? For me, it's more about live and let live. And I do think today you see a lot more... I'd say the reason I'm more curious as to like the Christian side of things these days is, is more about like the hatred towards it. I'm not sure if that's planned, but yeah. there seems to be more of a rise of like satanic behaviour. I guess you could always argue that that's been around for a hundred or so years, but maybe it's because it's more in our faces these days with the connectivity of like social media and stuff like that. A lot more people seem to be godless. There's a lot more atheists these days and atheists for what they believe in are religious in a sense because they believe that they don't believe in anything which is a belief in itself and is is a religion yeah. you're practicing in a sense what is sort of satanism because you're doing what you want do what thou will it's essentially the same thing so i think i think for me it's trying to work out and discern what is the right thing essentially so i'm just going where the current takes me at the minute i'm seeing what happens if that makes sense. I don't want to tie myself into any particular label or sect or anything like that. I just want to have a relationship with a God, whatever form that takes, and see if that helps and benefits. But at the same time, I don't know, like you say, with the fear side of things, if it's a a demonic figure leading me down a bad path or, you know what I'm saying? No. So it's kind of I'm kind of on the fence about everything at the minute. Nice, I see, I see. Now that's interesting because I've never spoken about this topic with you guys. Like obviously, like we we discussed like conspiracies and stuff like that. Um, but I never was really sure like where you guys stand like spiritually and when it comes to religion and that kind of stuff. Yeah, we like to talk about conspiracies, but obviously we have our own personal beliefs, and it's just yeah. interesting to have these conversations and discuss. I think that's part of it, to be fair, is not knowing what the right thing is because there's so much information out there these days and so many conflicting ideas. It's kind of hard to discern what is the right thing. So just to circle back to the father figure sort of thing, as I was saying about like God being a father figure and you being tested 
it is kind of ironic at the same time that we see sort of a a movement away from fathered households these days. It almost yeah. seems like the father has been taken out of the equation with the rise of things like, you know, third wave feminism, which is quite radical. Getting the father out of the household seems like the, the obvious thing to do. Yeah. And that has then affected like the culture today and how people behave. It leads to more hedonism. It's almost like <clears throat> if this is like the, the, the final fall of the empire that we're living through, every empire lives through about what, 300 years, I believe. And then it falls like the Roman empire lived through about 300 years. And then it eventually falls back into hedonism. It seems to line up as well with like the disparaging of, of like religion in the household as well, because people are as religious anymore as they were. My parents, for example, they don't really practice anything I don't believe anymore. And they gave me the freedom to go and work out yourself, which, yeah. which seems good intentionally from, a, from an intention point of view. Seems good heart and good willed. But at the same time, it has caused like a disorganisation with the family. Do you know what I mean? Like my family is still quite strong, but I know at the minute, like families are completely skewed and there's the idea of the family isn't as valued as it was in the past and yeah, it sort of aligns with the idea that like religion's being brought out of the household as well do you think that that is planned to a degree or do you think that that is cyclical and it probably happens just as a natural cause of events no, I definitely think it's planned. Um, and I think like what we've seen right now, like such high divorce rates, such high like fatherlessness rates, I think it's the sign of a sick society, it's the sign of a society that's dying. Um, it's, it's funny because I saw this video the other day, like it was about Christianity as well. And it was, I think, sometime from the 1900s and they were talking about like how to stop divorce rates. And they were like, you know, divorce rates are so high right now, there is 5%. And I was like, I was like, now it's like 10 deaths out now it's 50 percent. like half the marriages they go to shit, right um and i definitely think that is planned right because the father like as we said earlier like father figures they stand for accountability responsibility right like for you know like getting your shit together like you guys can probably relate to this right like your dad is a way different authority figure than your mom and um like i said like i think the reason why feminism as you said like tries to take it out obviously because you don't have that accountability anymore, right? Like if if you're a girl with dad, your dad is not gonna condone that you go around and like sleep with random guys, right? Like your dad will want the best for you. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, like treating yourself as an object. And so I think it's definitely like planned to like destroy the family. Like, and you guys, like you just said, like you studied this, you know, like when empires fall, whatever, it's always when the, the family unit is destroyed that the nation falls because then people are just left to do what they want by themselves. They don't have that accountability. And like fathers, they bring stability to the family and then families bring stability to the nation, right? Um, so, I mean, like that's, I think that's that's a big issue. Like you guys are aware of that as well, right? Just like how like masculinity in general is just being torn down and like, you know, like 
people start to go like we don't need men anymore blah, blah blah all this bullshit but like that's really like what keeps the nation going and so i think it's definitely planned because then like when the family's destabilized and obviously you know like the children they're left like you know seeking like they don't really have the stability at home they're like more easily influenced you know like their mental health isn't as good whatever and then obviously like you can program them to believe whatever you want right like you can program them to be like submissive slaves and follow programming that yeah let's say it isn't necessarily good to the world or like to the people following it um so i think like that's definitely like planned um over the last 60 years or more where we just saw like a huge increase in feminism and that kind of stuff and at the same time we saw you know families weaken and like masculinity go down the drain and testosterone levels dropping everything is just yeah getting worse in my opinion when there's there's no families and there's i think like a big thing of that is just when you would get rid of religion because religion i think like no matter what like if that's like islam if that's judaism is that's if there's Christianity, I think they all promote like having families at the core, right? And like building families and having that be the building block of society. Absolutely, because most of these people that practice, you know, Satanism or any backward practice, none of them practice a religion. So it's a big indicator that, you know, <clears throat> these these things that are going on in society, many people with broken families don't have a religion at all. So with that alone, it's because it's done intentionally. There's like a theory called Project Bluebeam where it's they're trying to look to get rid of religion and trying to get people to, I don't know, um, let's say be all satanic and stuff and all that stuff as well. So, you know, you, commonly in the modern world, you're seeing some backward practices, some backward groups. You know, I don't want to say too much because, you know, you get cancelled nowadays if you say your opinion. But you see all the, you know, that that stuff there, which is trying to be normalised, trying to be pushed to young kids in school, which is a which is a disgrace in itself, and mm. that alone is going to contribute to the fall of Western society after all. Yeah. I think like going back to like my point earlier, um, like also like ask what you guys believe in, because I think like if we look at it from like a biblical perspective, right? In the Old Testament, it says you should have no other gods before me. And I saw an interpretation. I'm not sure like what his name was exactly. He's kind of like in the same kind of niche, you know, like was like Ben Shapiro and John Peterson, these kind of guys was, I don't know, some political figure from from that kind of like say uh, like page of the the political uh, spectrum but anyways like he said that you know like when he reads that what the conclusion he draws is that you should have no other gods before me is that we as humans we are a species who worships we need something to believe in right and so why that is in there is because if you believe in god which is like the ultimate good right then that's what you believe in so you don't believe in any like any false stuff, any stuff that is screwed and like kind of sick, right? And I think like now that we've taken all of that out, right? People still need an outlet to believe in something. And then we see like what happens, right? Like people start believing in themselves and people start believing in all of these lies the world tells them because they don't have that like one like 
moral authority that they believe in. So they're just left to figure it out themselves. And then that's where you, as I said earlier, like you can program them or whatever, right? And say, this is what you should believe in, right? And that's obviously like not the truth and it's not the ultimate good. It's just very demonic programming in my opinion. Like God has been replaced with celebrities. Like people worship celebrities instead of God. It doesn't make any sense. And you know, people give a lot of energy to these celebrities, even though these celebrities don't care that you even exist or don't even know that you exist after all. You know, it's very backward it's a very backward culture, but that's predominantly Western society in, in itself. So it's gonna collapse sooner rather than later. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. To circle back again, I think I think men and women do need each other at the end of the day. There's a lot of talk of issues of like overpopulation and that there's too many people on the earth and the resources are stretched, but I think that's far from the truth. It's mainly because we cram a lot of people into cities, into small areas, and everyone becomes so compact. But it's not actually representative of how the actual world is like if you went out in the countryside there's so much land that's just unused so much that could be fertilized i mean they're even talking about the fact that like we were saying about graham hancock there is actually now confirmed that there were cities and buildings in the amazon rainforest so you can essentially build anywhere there's always space to like build we're never really going to be too stretched in terms of resources but that's the thing if men and women are separated there will be a reduction in population so it is a sort of genocide in a way because men and women are together not coexisting there's not that conjoining of energy not the yin and yang so there's no new life being brought in and then obviously there's over time there's a reduction in population and then you know helping with that <laughs> that's what i mean that's what i mean like people like bill gates who openly admit that they want to decrease the population like that video came out a while ago like maybe 10 years ago where he's talking about our vaccinations it's going to be a way that we can reduce the population not too uh i know you're vaccinated julian but you know what it's what it is is what it is I'm, I'm not saying that's fact what i just said i'm just saying that's what he said i'm just quoting bill gates i'm just quoting yeah, yeah. Bill Gates. um to take it back also to what ngombe said which is really interesting it's sort of about the new age and it kind of ties in with what you were saying about ego. So there is sort of a, another theory that the whole thing with the, the island that we know about and the destruction of the deep state and the ratting out of the evil and the underworld and things like that is actually sort of a double, double bluff played by the elites, in a sense to make us think that those are the bad guys and those are the people that we need to rat out and get rid of. In that same instance, they will then bring in the solution and there will be this new world. This is supposedly the new world order that will arise from that. It's not necessarily that they'll win. The people like the WEF, Klaus Schwab, all these people, they'll get what they want and they'll be able to create these 15-minute cities. It's more that it's a double bluff and they'll bring in the false light because obviously we know that lucifer is the false light so from a christian point of view this is sort of a theory that revolves around that idea um i can't remember the name of the woman who was actually quoted saying it when she talks about how 
bringing in sort of like a, a new age, this age of like enlightenment and the Christ consciousness, as they call it. And it's more worship of ego than anything. Yeah. And it's sort of to take away from, from God. And it may seem as though it's the, the right thing. And it may seem like a beautiful utopia that we've created on earth because we've got rid of the deep state and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's more of like a false light and a false emergence of things that aren't real. So it's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. I don't yeah. know if you've got any thoughts on that at all. If you believe that could be a possibility. I'm trying to find the name of this woman. Yeah, kind of. I've heard that before, kind of, you know, like you create the problem and the solution. So then you give the people a problem and they are like, all like pinpoint the problem. And then also like, you also have the solution prepared what follows your programming. Um, yeah. I haven't looked into it too much, but it definitely, it makes sense. It's interesting to, to think about that, that they create both or like that they create it in like an order where you know, like one leads to the other and then they can control that and like can lead people into that and kind of like seem like the saviors. Yeah. So it's sort of like they're holding all the cards essentially. So if you've ever seen that Illuminati card game meme type thing where, have you heard of the Illuminati card game before? No. So there's a card game called the Illuminati card game. It's worth looking up, but it, it basically denotes a lot of situations that have happened in the past. So there's one called like the tower where it looks like it's the twin towers collapsing. Uh, there's one about like the 2000, 2008 financial crash. It almost seems as though they're holding all the cards, if that makes sense. And they've got yeah. all the players and they can distribute all this sort of like false light, false information. They're, they're the ones giving the tidbits about say like the island and all this stuff. It's all their work. So then people are more likely to buy into the solution, if that makes sense, because they think that all the good guys won. But you're subscribing to the wrong thing, if that makes sense. For example, like yeah. Trump, like we talk about like Trump potentially being the false saviour, the false hope, the Antichrist. What is the name of the card that basically gets rid of everything else? What's the word? It's the Trump card, isn't it? It's the yeah. card that trumps everything else. So Trump, ironically, from like an etymologist point of view, has the name that would suggest that he's going to be the one that comes over and gets rid of everything. I think that's why I'm so strong in the belief that he will win this year because I think it's part of the script for him to win this year. I think yeah. he's the Trump card. There is actually a card in the Illuminati card game that looks a lot like Donald Trump as well. Okay. But, yeah, sorry to go off on a tangent, but it is actually quite interesting that possibly it is all planned out and they hold all the cards. So I guess it's more about being very vigilant like in the current time and to make sure that you stand on yourself and, you know, be more one with yourself and in like aware of what's going on around you. Does that make sense? Definitely, yeah. Can't have a calcified pineal gland. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna that decalcified right away. Absolutely. Did you ever do that? Did you ever do that? Me. Yeah. Did you ever like try to decalcify your pineal gland? Well, like 
you know, on trying to avoid like fluoride and that kind of stuff. And I know like I think there's like yeah. liquid iodine or something like that. Um, a friend of mine yeah. like, took and he said that it helps like decalcify it. But apart from that, I haven't really done too much. Like basically just avoid what does calcify it. But should probably look into it more. Like I think that like uh, liquid iodine that was quite interesting to like actually you know like cleanse it and like break was, it off. Yeah, there was that and turmeric as well. I remember hearing about turmeric. Like I've had turmeric for breakfast, but my pineal gland nice. still feels pretty calcified. So, I don't know <laughs> I, like yeah, I don't yeah. understand how you'd know though if it's decalcified. That's the thing. I never got that because they'd always say like, "Oh, in these new age videos, if you watch them, you'd always be like, oh, you'd start being able to talk to people psychically, and you could see spirits, and you could feel the." the energy of the earth and stuff like that yeah but. i think it's more like like mentally i feel like you're just more aware of like scams you know you just think more for yourself yeah possibly see i i always thought that was, that was like more of like a d demonic thing that was frowned upon by christians maybe it's not i don't know hmm I, I don't know to be honest. Like I just I just know like I don't want my pineal gland to be to be calcified. It's not about like opening yeah, it through your eye because yeah. that's like from from what I understand, like opening that and opening your chakras, that's like gateways for like demons to get in that kind of stuff. Like I haven't looked yeah. into it too, too much, but like I think it's more like like the mental side of it, you know, like being being able to like think clearly for yourself and coming up with your own opinions and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That's all that. Well, that's all that needs to be. Like, we must have decalcified the pineal glands. Yeah, for sure. But in terms of like chakra cleansing and all that, like I didn't even know that was even a thing. Like, you know, it doesn't really make sense. As lo as long as you think clearly and you have, you know, you don't even need to be intelligent. You just need to be aware of the reality you're in and all that extra f stuff about cleaning chakras and pineal gland and third eye activation is, is, is silly, silly, mm -hmm. silliness to me. To be fair, I, to be fair, ha once had an experience with that. Like I've had chakra cleansing once How was when it? I was like in, into the spirituality sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know if I was invested enough in, in this scenario to actually experience what, what is supposed to happen. I did feel it, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I accidentally let any like demonic forces or anything like that in. It was like a cleansing of the, the heart chakra. And you're told to like essentially envision a green light around your heart. And then it's supposed to expel all this light and you're supposed to like let go of everything. Essentially. It's a weird experience. It's very mental. That does sound real. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's, <laughs> no, it's doesn't not. seem real, man. <laughs> well, I probably got dealt up. To be fair, I don't think it was too expensive, though. From what How I much was it? Like, maybe twenty-five quid or something like that. I can't really remember. To be honest, it's a long time since I did it. Maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more. Maybe it was like a hundred. But this is this is during lockdown, and I think lockdown, <laughs> everyone was a bit like, Ugh, don't know what to do with myself. It was kind of an excuse to get out of the house, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure the average Joe would think that I'm bored, so I'm going to empty my chakras, but hey, there's someone else, there's something else going. 
Yeah, maybe I've got something else going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a good good place to end off if you boys feel yeah. like it. Or you've got anything else to talk about? Before Rowan gets too freaky with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, I think it's time to end it. And thanks, Julian, for coming on. And it's been it's been a good one. And yeah, pleasure yeah, to be here. Very grateful that you guys wanted to have me on here. Thanks a lot, man. No, of course. Of course. Yeah, and as for the audience as well, thanks for tuning in if you've listened all the way through or listened. So thanks very much, guys, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace. This is the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, saying thank you so much, okay, for tuning in for this episode of The Occult Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and also comment, because it helps the algorithm. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, go to at the occult pod underscore 13, that is for Instagram and Twitter. And have a great rest of your day, okay? Thank you so much. And thank you to both Julian and Sean for joining us for two separate but equally amazing episodes of the podcast. We discussed brotherhood, religion, the state of the world right now and why it's so important to have a community around you. And so it's only right that I plug the Freedom Seeker community, which is Julian and Sean's baby. If you go on Instagram, Freedom Seeker community, you'll find the IG handle there. I'll put a picture up here. But if you want to join a group of like-minded individuals who are staying on top of the goals, keeping each other accountable, then I would highly recommend checking out the FSE. Even if it's just shooting them a DM, having a discussion with Sean and Julian and see where your goals lie, see what you want to do, see if it's the right thing for you. And yeah, thanks again for tuning in, guys, and have a great rest of your day. This is the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, saying thank you so much, okay, for tuning in for this episode of The Occult Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and also comment, because it helps the algorithm. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, go to at the occult pod underscore 13, that is for Instagram and Twitter. And have a great rest of your day, okay? Thank you so much.